Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here with another episode of the Publish Pro Profit Podcast. I always bring great guests, but I think you're going to love Chris Felton and the things that he has to share today, especially if you're concerned about money, making more of it, keeping more of it. Chris is the founder and principal of his own financial services business, which he started back in 1999, uh, leads and trains over 200 agents with over 30,000 clients. Uh, he's been featured in Forbes, Forbes, Market Watch, NASDAQ, Yahoo Finance, and now finally the Publish Promote Profit podcast. So, holy cow, Chris. Finally. I think, I think you have made it. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been trying for years, man. I just, this Love is it. awesome. Love it's a it. dream come true, brother. <laughs> and uh, Chris is the co author with his wife of a book called <laughs> Couples Money, uh, a book which he and his wife Marlo wrote during or just about their struggle during the Great Recession. Uh, they explain how they quadrupled their business in a few short years during that time and overcame some serious financial challenges. I think that's really apropos to, to talk about. So, Chris, uh, thanks so much for being on. Really excited to talk to you today, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. Let's dive in. You were just telling me about, uh, you know, a little of, of what happened with you and your wife uh, when the Great Recession was hitting. I got my own story of calamity. I had a business that was doing over $100 million a year in transactions that went to zero. I wish it would have just got cut in half, <laughs> but it went all the way down. Uh, tell me, you know, you obviously wrote a whole book about it. And we'll give links and all that towards the end, but tell me a little bit about the story. Tell me about the genesis of this whole thing and, and how it came about. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, so, you know, I call myself a recovered CPA, right? So I was, uh, practicing, uh, a CPA. I left, started my own financial services company and then, you know, grew up from scratch here in, in Colorado and, um, met my wife, you know, through the business. It's a, it's an entrepreneurial venture. And when I met her, I was going through a divorce. Um, my kids were really small. Uh, they're 20 and 17 now. Amazingly enough, time flies, but yeah. they were little. And my ex moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm basically in Denver and we got married. And what she didn't know because of my uh, belief systems around money, the stupid unconscious decisions I made around money, the office leases that I shouldn't have signed, the uh, car I shouldn't have bought, basically created a mess plus a you know, $5,000 a month child support alimony payment and had accumulated about a quarter of a million dollars of unsecured debt. Wow. We're in financial services. We're entering the Great Recession. We're leaking about four to $5,000 a month. I'm running out of lines of credit. I'm running out of credit card checks. I'm running out of the whole, the whole thing. And I was managing the money. And um, long story short, we got married and she didn't really know. She thought I looked the part. I mean, I'm a CPA. Right. I'm a financial advisor. Right. Uh, I'm a pretty good, good money. Yeah, I must be good. I tell a pretty good story. Right. I mean, we were successful, lots of trophies and awards, but she didn't know the, you know, the root of the problem. And so basically went through a process of trusting my intuition. We could do a deep dive into that and giving the reins of the money 
of the CFO of our family, given that back to her. Nice. And because I, I obviously couldn't figure it out, but she finally realized how bad it was and was trying to have conversations with me about it. And, you know, Rob, you know how guys are. We want to talk about what's coming. Yeah. And uh, don't look over here, look over here. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together often. <laughs> and so I was in complete delusion. And, and basically, it hit the fan one night when uh, I had to come up with the $5,000 alimony payment the next day. And I had ran out of funds. Mm. And so my big idea, Rob, was because my wife had money, we hadn't merged everything yet. The only way I was going to pay my ex was to go ask my current wife for the money to wow. pay my ex-wife. And so how did that go? <laughs> you're like, I should have done more uh, background check on this guy before I had him on. Like, no, well, this is real, is This, this is real life. Yeah, right yeah, here. yeah. Well, she's about five foot nothing. All my agents are scared of her. And uh, <laughs> Volcanic Marlo, she's at the other end of the house. Thank God she's not here to defend herself. But, dude, she flipped it. She flipped the lid, cussing me out. All the reasons why we, you know, blah, 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 we're smarter this, da, 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 you know, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. So the volcano, you know, the volcano had been pushed down and then it just erupted. And then I just said, well, you know, why are we still married? Pretty good wow. question. Yeah. Uh, wow. And then dead silence and she went upstairs and I sat there and I'm like, and I had real, I get goosebumps every time I talk about it, but I'm like, I created all of this. Nice. I created all of it. And wherever I've had a money problem in my life, I've always been there. Mm. And uh, <laughs> wherever I've had a problem in my life, I've always been there, right? And so- There's a the common pit- denominator in all this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The common denominator, the God moment was really for the first time in my life, which most people in the United States, unfortunately, don't want to buy into this, but one- hundred percent responsibility for what i created mm, wow. and at that moment it was no longer my ex-wife it's no longer marlo it's no longer the recession it was me and it was kind of a line in the sand moment where i started thinking about dad was broke mom was broke grandma was broke grandma was broke and there had to be something to this handing down of belief systems that i needed to look at i was already in a massive uh, personal growth and development but I was talking more about it than doing it. So so that was the realization. Marlo's realization was she wanted to stay married and she didn't think declaring bankruptcy and being in financial services was a good idea. So <laughs> yeah. we came together the next day and, and I said, okay, here's my promise. I'm going to work on whatever's going on mentally. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to flip belief systems. I'm going to treat this project like a part-time job. I'm going to get up at four in the morning. I'm going to read everything I can on it. I'm going to journal. I'm going to explore my, my own con. I'm going to do everything I can to shift my internal system to line it up to be successful around money. She said, I'm going to get on planes, trains, and automobiles, and I'm going to go interview world-class wealthy couples that came from nothing. They grew it together, and they weren't just wealthy monetarily relationships, spiritual kids. They're the whole package of wealth. I'm going to figure out how they think. I'm going to figure out what they do. And then you and I are going to meet in the middle and we're going to get this shit figured out. Nice. And anyway, so there's a lot more to that. But basically what happened 
not overnight, but it was a, an absolute massive financial transformation that occurred. And, uh, and we wrote the book on it and we just want to sing from the rooftops to the tens of millions out there that are, that are struggling because 96% of people in the richest country on the planet retire broke and they have no clue why. So my whole passion, my purpose, my mission is to wake people up yeah. around this conversation so they can have a better life. I love it. I love it. Now, you've mentioned uh, a couple of things that are intriguing. You obviously mentioned some false beliefs or limiting beliefs. I wonder if you can speak to that for a few minutes. Like, What are maybe the, the primary false beliefs that, that people have around money that keeps them stuck, that keeps them broke, that keeps them poor? Yeah. I mean, once again, it's the biggest determining factor of your financial success is actually what was poured into you from about ages zero to five from your parents. Okay. And without getting into too much psychology there, there's there's a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. And the conscious mind at our adult level has the ability to accept and reject ideas at will. Zero to five, that's not developed. So basically, you are literally this, you're a sponge. You've heard that before. Yeah. And you are literally taking in everything that, that comes to you. So that's where it starts. And the issue is, by the time you're 18, you're about 95% hardwired, programmed on everything. And so these beliefs are unconscious, right? They just run you and you don't know that they just run you. So the most insignificant thing can happen at age five and you bring meaning to it and it literally programs your whole thing. And so I hired a coach for four years who's financially independent and he said, okay, you no longer have a money problem. You have a money project, right? Yeah. And so we look at projects a lot differently than problems. He's like, get a journal, get a green journal, make it a money journal. What I want you to, to do is write the word money down and write everything that comes up for you on that. Powerful exercise. Yeah. Right? What's your relationship to that topic? I do this with people around sales. People, I'm not successful at sales. Tell me what to say. Well, what's the first things that come up for you around the word sales? And it's usually not a good thing, mm. right? Yeah. Versus serving, it's viewed as so they got all these unconscious blocks and beliefs that come across and how you communicate anyway. But I did it on money. And literally, it was what I got from my dad making money's hard, hard to make. Hard to keep. Rich people are crooks. My dad said that an infinite amount of times. Mm, wow. Rich people are crooks. They make money on the backs of poor people. My mom, we either have it or we don't. Like you had no say in it, Rob. Yeah. Like you're just, you're born, you either have it or you don't. You can't do anything about it. Right. So you're kind of a victim, right? You're powerless to change your thing. Uh, progressive theme growing up. Us Feltons aren't really meant to be that successful. Wow. A constant theme. So this stuff's under, you know, running beneath the surface. And my belief, because it took me decades to do the work, is most people go their entire lives operating under these false lies. Right. Right. <laughs> it's debilitating. And so when I looked at it, I'm like, and my coach is like, so do you see why you don't have any money, dude? Like, 
like it's you know <laughs> you probably 20- didn't need him to say that right i mean yeah as you were writing it down it must have been like a revelation to you yeah i'm like dude if you really believe that your thinking creates your world like this connection was as clear as day yeah. you know because there's me there's my thoughts there's my results and if yeah. i don't like my results there's me but people can do this with health they can do it with relationships they can do it but the upside was if I could change that underlying story, Rob, I could change my life. And it's mm. not overnight. It's not a quick fix. It actually takes work, but we were able to do it. But it's it's a big one, right? And then we get programmed from the outside world. Yeah. So I'm turning the big five zero in a couple of weeks, right? Nice. So life's right? just so, beginning. Life's just beginning, brother. <laughs> but right. Gilligan's Island. People are like, what the hell is Gilligan's Island? Anyway, but right. So Thurston Howell and his wife were what? These uppity, aloof. Rich rich people. Rich people. Yeah. Right? So you don't want to be that. Right. So that gets sent to us. You know, the villain in in Spider-Man is the Green Goblin. Yeah, rich guy. Uh, He he was a billionaire. Right. The worst movie ever is the movie Titanic. (laughs) Right, the wealthy people arrange marriages, yeah. sitting in their tuxes, scowls on their face, hating each other. Meanwhile, beneath, down below, all the broke people are yeah. dancing on tables, drinking, having the time of their life. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of programming that we have to overcome because it's almost tough sometimes. Let, let me ask you a question around that because that's that's interesting. You know, there is a lot of entitlement in this country. I don't know if you're aware of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's interesting. You know, I have a, a number of friends. I live in Florida. I, I wasn't born here, but I've lived here most of my life and uh, have very, very good friends who are Cubans and, um, you know, came over because during the rise of communism, their families were were pillaged. They were they escaped with nothing, even though in many cases they were landowners and and wealthy people. And um, it's amazing to me, uh, and I know many that didn't have any land or wealth that came from. And I use Cuba as an example. And they come here as immigrants, and they have this incredible drive and work ethic. And in Certainly in a generation, but oftentimes in a lot less than that, they become wealthy people and maybe not billionaires, though they can, but they become millionaires and own homes and put their kids through college. And it amazes me that in this rich country that we live in, that so many people, you know, either have never had that immigrant, I'll call it an immigrant mentality, and yet are surrounded by opportunity and surrounded by success. I wonder if you can, how do you speak to that when it comes to this mindset issue that people have? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to it. I'm very fortunate to have lots of wealthy mentors, right? And you've seen wealthy people make it easy for people. And, yeah, you know, we don't, the immigrants and in my company, we got our overall company's got about 45,000 licensed agents, and we have a tremendous amount of immigrants that show up. And because of the hardship and the struggles that they went through, you know, they just they built muscles, right? I coach and, and speak to a lot of entrepreneurs. And when I was an early entrepreneur and I was coaching entrepreneurs, you know, I didn't want them to go through struggles. I didn't want them to feel pain. And, you know, it's kind of like 
taking somebody to the the gym and you lift the weights for them (laughs) and you just want to feather their nest and make it easy on them. And it's just, you know, those immigrants, they, I think they show up. I mean, you don't know what you really want until you get a taste of what you don't want. Perhaps. Right. Which was kind of the big lesson for us. I'm like, I didn't want this. I didn't like what we went through. Uh, I don't want to ever go through that again. Right. And I've done the work to make sure that doesn't happen. But you take away the struggle, you take away what we're able to create. Yeah. The adversity had to get handled to us to develop the muscles in order to handle our wealth better. Yeah. So when someone is, you know, the middle class is addicted to comfort. And in nature, Rob, you're either growing or dying. Hmm. There's no comfort, right? We got some pine trees out here. Like those pine trees are either growing or in their decay. So there's no definition of comfort in nature. So if you're seeking comfort, you're actually going in decline. And so what what I'm saying is this whole entitlement thing, one of my favorite quotes is a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. Yeah, I believe. And that's what happened with the pandemic. Yeah. Boom. Overnight, the people that were in comfort land all of a sudden weren't weren't comfortable. And so so the ones that show up, the ones that have been through the struggles, the ones that have been through the pain, when they get a shot, they operate from a feeling of gratitude and appreciation. Hmm. <laughs> and that motivates them to do the work. And it motivates them to do the work because they don't ever want to go back. Right to where they were. So I don't know if I answered your question or not, but it's an interesting dichotomy. And so when you, you know, feather the nest and you make it easy and you make it, and my mentor said, when you rob your kids of the struggle, you rob them of the struggle, you rob them of the lessons, and then they don't have any confidence. That's the other thing that's probably creating it is they're seeking comfort. They're not building muscles they don't have the discipline. Therefore, they don't even have the confidence to even take the action. Yeah. And then it's a self-perpetuating yeah. disaster. So, you know, the, anyway. The, the reason I even asked the question was because, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm sure that the environment that people that grow up in a socialist or a communist country, right? The environment that they grew up in from that zero to five, right? When the program is being done that you're talking about, I'm sure that was as bad or perhaps far worse than the programming that you grew up with. Absolutely. But at the same time, and me to a certain extent as well. But the interesting thing is just like yourself and just like, you know, an immigrant that might grow up with that kind of programming, that shock to the system coupled with the opportunity that is in front of us allows us to overcome all of the negative programming. Like it's not a curse, right? That your parents or anyone's parents, you know, passed on what was passed on to them. You know, the chain, I guess, can be broken. And so that's part of why I asked that question. I was thinking about, you know, what programming they must have gotten. And yet that program was totally overwritten when they got to America and they saw the opportunity and with grateful eyes, they acted on that opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first step in doing anything great is you got to have desire. Yeah. Right. And I call them compelling emotional reasons. Right. So it's a lot of people in middle class mindset, comfort mindset. They think that goal setting or going after something is some logical process while the real achievers know that goal setting is an emotional thing. Hmm. And so at some point, 
whether they were programmed or not, right, they made a decision and they created a desire that not again. Right. Yeah. Not, just like you said, I'm never going to go through that again. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. probably heard of Lisa Nichols, big yeah. time speaker. Yeah. You know, her story's insane, right? Like no money, homeless, you know, baby, can't buy diapers, has to use a blanket, right? Yeah. And reuse a blanket as diapers and probably the worst programming on the planet. But she had something called, which you need to have, you need to have sustained concentration to be successful, but you must have emotional drivers. Mm. And at some point she said, I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm not coming back here again. And then just obviously blew her life up and she want and most of your emotional drivers are tied back to people. It's not stuff, right? Yeah. So my emotional driver, not as dramatic of a story as Elisa Nichols or somebody from Cuba or an immigrant was, I never want to have another stressful financial conversation again with my wife as long as I lived. Mm, that's you good. know, I didn't want her to have any more stress. I wasn't able to see my kids. That was BS. Mm. So there's some material things that I wanted. Yeah. But I had really big emotional drivers. And so in that moment, when your ego comes in is like, no, you don't need to. Yeah. All the great achievers have some click, some ability to answer the question of why am I suffering? Yeah. And the people that are entitled, they're not going to go through the suffering, so to speak. They're not going to go through the trials and tribulations because they don't really have a big enough emotional driver, a big enough why to go to the next level. Mm. And my mentor said, the most difficult thing you're going to do, Chris, in your life is bust through your comfort zones. So anytime I want to go to a new level, man, Rob, I better have a list. I actually got a list of 10 right now. I better have a list of emotional reasons that I'm looking at every single morning and every single night because it's it's real easy right now where I sit to get comfortable. Yeah. But yeah. There's death and comfort. (laughs) It's not what you want. You want to be growing. You want to be serving other people. That's great. I love that. That's gold right there. You know, I'm reminded of the story that Jim Rohn tells about, you know, the moment that he changed his life was when the little Girl Scout came and he didn't have $2.50 to buy a box of cookies and he basically lied. And uh, when he closed the door, he said, what am I doing? What is, you know, that I would lie to a Girl Scout because I don't have $2 to buy a box of cookies. And and he tells that when he was alive, he told that story over and over and over again and how that drove him to uh, never return to that place. And, of course, he became one of the greatest uh, mindset Tony Robbins mentor. I mean, just a a great speaker on mentality and mindset. So love that. That's real gold there, Chris. I appreciate it. Let me change angles here for a moment. Your book, you wrote Couples Money. I know how hard it is to write a book. I've helped a thousand clients to do it. So I, I know a, a thing or two about that. And people are driven to write books for a number of different reasons. One is always they want to help other people. But also underlying and often foundational is you want to do something for yourself, for your business, for your message, for 
money, income, impact, all those things. Tell me about your book. Tell me how has your book helped you to further this message? Give me some specific examples. How are you using your book to grow your audience? That sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely true. Like we want to get a message out. I mean, you know, 60% of divorces are tied back to financial issues. Okay. My parents were part of that. So, you know, we wanted to change that. We also wanted to be, you know, a couple in personal development, which it's usually a guy or a gal. You know, it's been amazing. I mean, we got our website, couplesmoney.com. You know, we, we got some social media stuff out there. We got a lot of talks and a lot of speeches. I mean, it's, it's definitely without saying it's credibility, you know, it's a way for people to get to know you, you know, at a deep level. And for me, it's, it's, I want it to be, you know, relatable. I want it to be authentic. I want people to see we're not phenomenal. We just did some things, you know, right. over a period of time and and compounded over a period of time. But no, I mean, it's, it's helped us get a lot of a speaking engagements. It's increased a following. I mean, it's you know, in my book, clients. You know, I hand it out to a client. Instant credibility. You know, instant like if you are out there and you are in sales, reach out to Rob and get a book written, right? Because it is credibility. Because yeah. you know, one of the big answers in people's minds when you're speaking, when you're talking is, why should I be listening to you? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why should I be listening to you? And obviously, I'm a published author. Whether you've sold three books or you know three million books, you are a published author. I, I think it also shows that you're legit. You're real. You finish things. Yeah. Right. Because as hard you know- do. Hard to finish a book. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, you know, you probably- stop the meeting right here. If it wasn't for my wife, the thing would probably still be trapped in my computer, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, she did the last 10%, which is like hard. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like when you're moving out of the house and you come back and it seems like all this stuff multiplied, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you want to be done with it. Yeah. You know, she did the work. So no, it, it's opened up significant doors, significant avenues from a networking standpoint, the people that it's attracted into our world has been substantial. Mm. The world class love to be interviewed. It's great to get out there and see them. That's been an ongoing relationship. They invite us in to do things. And so for me, it's opened up a whole new world for me and my wife. So that's um, awesome. Congratulations. Get, get one written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We probably need to do the second edition and each <laughs> one's each one's staring at the other one going, uh, Who's going to do it? Anyway. Very cool. So, Congratulations. Yep. Yeah, no, it's been great. Yep. So I think that's a maybe good way to wrap it up. Give us some links. Where can people, you know, you gave some amazing mindset stuff that I'm sure resonated with some people, uh, especially, you know, when 96% of people living in the richest country in the world, unfortunately, are retiring broke. Where can people learn more, you know, get some information, get a copy of your book, that kind of thing, Chris? So couplesmoney.com, we, you know, our books out there. We right. also have a, um, a, a four week webinar they can purchase. It's a, how to transform your financial life, right? I mean, it's, Great. uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, I got some other talks out there. I'm always available to do talks for anybody that wants someone to talk about how to have a financial transformation, money mindset. Yeah. Those types of things. My personal business website is called howmoneyworks.com. Okay. Forward slash Chris Felton. Okay. And my business partners, do you know Steve Siebold? I Have do. I name? love his mental toughness stuff. I've read a couple of his books. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good friend of mine. Yeah. Got connected to our company. He wrote a book called How Money Works Stop Being a Sucker. Okay. 
Um, it was the number one selling financial book of all of 2020. Wow. And if you go to my website, howmoneyworks.com forward slash Chris Felton, I, you just scroll down, send me an email, and I'll get a complimentary book nice. in the mail to people. Because uh, our mission is we want to eradicate financial illiteracy in the United States. We think it's the number one economic problem in the world. And uh, it's the fact that people don't know how money works. Mindset and how-tos. We don't yeah. learn this stuff in school. Our industry can be a little sketchy at times. The less you know, the more money they make. Yeah. So we want to make a big difference. So Steve joined our mission, wrote the book, and um, so good business partner of mine and uh, loved the book. People can read in about an hour and a half. Yeah. And the feedback is they learn more about how money works in an hour and a half reading that book than they have in their their entire life. It's written in fifth grade language, simple and easy to understand. So Love happy it. to do that. Love yep. it. Awesome. So there's two books that people can can get. Obviously, the book that you wrote with your wife and then uh, Steve Siebold's book, which is fantastic. Love it. Chris, thanks so much for being on today. Good to have you, my friend, and great job with everything. Uh, really love the mindset stuff. It all starts and ends there. So uh, again, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Rob. It's been a pleasure. Awesome.